Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, people. Hey, friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Listen, I'll sit here reading. Okay, wait. Let me take this out. I'm sitting here reading the bottle because I'm trying to anticipate what the hell I'm going to say. And then I saw my sister dog walking here and she gone. I'm about to text. I had grabbed my phone so fast. Does your dog live here now? Because y'all need to come back and pick him up. Hold up. The dog is there? And they're not? Yeah, she left with her dog. Oh, no. He been here all weekend. You got me Fucked up. all messed up. Lord. Heavens. All right. Well, hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. How y'all doing? <laughs> Hey friends. <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an intro. Well, um we are happy to have you for another episode. And let's go ahead and get into our wine of the week. Mm. So this yes. week we decided to try something new, something we had never did before. Oh. So we tried to do Malbec. Um, as far as I know, it's like an Argentinian wine. I hope I'm saying that right. I think right. it's Argentinian. Argentinian. See, that sounds better because I don't think what I'm saying is right. But anyway. <laughs> and then, um, so we tried that. Um, I have layer cake. And it says that in a richly layered wine, you smell intense bouquet and taste a diverse of flavors that unfold in the palate of every sip. Oh. Our Alp Malbec has aromas of wild berries, mocha, and a touch of flint. And on the palate... <laughs> flint? <laughs> <laughs> on the palate, there's a strong backbone mm-hmm. of miner- minerality oh. that supports the luscious ripe fruit flavors of blackberry and cassis. What the hell is cast? Don't sound good. I'm already. I'm still, concerned about, I'm still concerned about Flint, but continue on. You know, every time I hear Flint, I think Flint, about Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. Me too, Michigan. Is that of the Flint stones? <laughs> they still don't have clean water. Girl, stop. They don't. No, I said the Flint stones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but my um Argent, what is it? Argentinian. My Argentinian wine. Tinian. <laughs> Fourteen point. Oh, Argentinian? Argentinian. Gosh damn it. <laughs> the one for Argentina. Okay. <laughs> it, it's 14.5%. So, Shit. of course, I'm going to pick it up. You know? And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not for me. It it tasted like that apothic wine that Jared um, from our, um, what was it? Our mental wellness episode? Priority, yeah. Had us had us try. It was at part two. But I like that. It smells good though, but the taste is very dry. And the, my first sip, I get that stank face. You know, like something stank. Mm, I get that face. <laughs> but it smells so good. 
for fourteen point five percent. I'm gonna keep sipping. Mm. For sure, <laughs> simple. What you got, Constance? Oh Lord, well, I was in a pinch as usual, and you know I try and err on the side of budget. And um, Malbec, I've I've heard of it, so I was like, ooh, maybe it'll be at Aldi. Please, Jesus, be at Aldi, and it was. So I got um Ivanta Malbec from Mendoza, Argentina. And uh, it says, our ruby red Mendoza Malbec dazzles with violet reflections and a medium full body. Dry with notes of blackberries, plum, and spice. This wine pairs great with grilled steak, empanadas, and lamb. Mm. Then you can give a serving temp. Okay. I need everybody to do this. It said, enjoy this at a temperature between 45 and 60 degrees. I did chill mine yeah. ever so slightly. It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I did too. Yeah. But, um... I'm with you. It's a sipper. She's 13.9. So she gonna get, okay. she sure as hell gonna get me there. And I ain't got to do mm-hmm. much. But uh, I, I wouldn't say Apothic because I actually like Apothic. Like I fucked that bottle up. Um, that's just all yeah. there is to it. I know. But at first, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bitter. It's bitter like Merlot. Um, it's bitter like Merlot. But, but that's what the Apothic brand was that we had with Jared, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a Merlot. A Merlot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of that, but I didn't really start enjoying that one as much until I got halfway through the bottle. So that means, you know what that Uh means. But this right here, I can't let it sit on my tongue. You know how they say you're supposed to smell it, swish it, let it sit on your tongue? Mm -mm, I can't let this Mm. sit on my tongue. Honey, that's what you've been doing. I ain't letting none of you sit on my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) I've been knocking all these straight bites, okay? Oh, but um. It's not bad. I, I, I'm which I wouldn't buy it again. On my, I would definitely wouldn't buy a whole mm-hmm. bottle of it. I wouldn't order it unless I'm just trying. I, don't, I wouldn't. <laughs> I just wouldn't. If somebody had some somewhere, I'm like, okay, I know what that tastes like. I, I'll, I'll sip that for a minute, and and that'd be the end of that. Mo, all right, Mo, yeah, Mo. Well, I'm giving the unfiltered review. I have the Alamos Malbec display. Oh, Alamos Malbec, and the description reads, it displays hints of dark cherry and blackberry with a long and lingering finish. It is definitely lingering, <laughs> as, the <girls> <laughs> previously, <laughs> as the girls previously stated, and this balanced and full-flavored wine is excellent with grilled meats and vegetables. So if you're interested, like, if you like red wine, I think this is, like, a smooth go-to. Mm-hmm. I can see, like, why people like it. But it's just not something I'm interested in. And then it says, um, yeah, it's 13.5%. So after the first five sips, I was like, well, hell, I might as well keep drinking because can't really taste it anymore. Right. You know? Yeah, it does numb you. I do wonder sometimes, though, when we drink <laughs> these wines, like, would they be better if we paired them with certain foods? Like, if I had me a bomb-ass steak, mm. would this mm. change its flavor after I've been, you know, munching on a piece of meat or something? And then I take a if sip. It's a grilled right. meat. And like, would it change the taste if I took a sip after? Would it be strangely refreshing? Would it be different on my palate? I don't know. So I'm going to say this. I wouldn't drink this alone. Alone. You know, by itself. Yeah. Would it yeah. go good with a good charcuterie board? I don't know. If you love listening to Unestablished, you can support our podcast by going to the link in our bio and buying a wine. That's right, a wine. Buymeacoffee.com 
allows listeners like you an easy way to say thanks. Plus, it only takes a minute. Your selflessness will assist in improving software and expanding Unestablished, a podcast made with you in mind. Available every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms. Thank you. So we have a special guest with us today. We have Maurice Phillips, and he is going to talk to us about insurance. Let's get into our guest of the week. Yes, this week we have Maurice Phillips, a close friend of Unestablished. He is a licensed insurance agent with Farmer with Farmer with Farm Bureau Insurance of South Carolina. Maurice is a husband, father, believer, musician, and owner of Air Cinema Media. You can follow and connect with him on Instagram at maurice.life. And here's Maurice. All right. So we have Maurice Phillips with us, and he is going to talk to us about insurance and why we should have it or why we need it. Um, Maurice, if you can give like a little intro about yourself, that'd be great. Sure. So um, first, thank you all for having me. I'm Maurice Phillips. I'm with Farm Bureau Insurance. I specialize in auto home life, well, auto home and life insurance. Um, I've been in the insurance industry for over four years. It's what I do professionally. I love it. Um, and I can talk more about it. I'm sure we'll get into that when the time comes. So just thank you. Thank you all so much yeah, for having thank me. Thank you for joining us. So we are yeah. all in our 30s. And I know that at this point, I feel like once we got into college, we were like, oh, we're adults. But I don't really feel like the real adulting hit until like <laughs> 28, 30, when you'd be like, dang, I'm really an adult out here. So with that being said, right. um, life insurance is one of those adulting things that we don't think about getting, I think, offhand or off top, but it's something that we need. So um, can you give, you can you tell us what exactly is life insurance and why do we need it? Okay. Um, so life insurance, as you said, is very important. Um, as far as what life insurance is, so when I was first studying for to get my license to become a licensed insurance agent, um, the actual definition of life insurance caught me by surprise. So the actual definition of life insurance in the official like stuff I study is the passing of wealth from one generation to the next. Oh. I figured they're going to describe life insurance as, you know, a policy where it does this, that, and the other, but they describe it as the passing of wealth from one generation to the next. So, and that's, that's, that's what it is. It, you know, it, 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 it's a policy that's in place that cover you all for either a period of time or for your entire life, which we will get into with the differences of term and whole life insurance. And that's in place to, um, to protect yourself, protect your family, protect your assets. Um, if something in the Lord forbid were to happen so that that security financial would be in place to take care of whatever is important to you at that time in your life, or as you prepare for what the future has in store for you. Um, I know part of the answer to your question. I think I, got, I think I got a topic at some point. So what was the other part of that question? So the second part was why do we need life insurance? Oh yeah. Well, we need life insurance because GoFundMe sucks. And <laughs> 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 I mean, that's the short answer. Um, you know, and you speak, you know, as far as us adulting now and, and you know, in our 30s, and, and I do this a lot, I speak to a lot of people, and it seems to be, you know, early, especially in, 
in that generation, um, it's becoming a lot more of a focal point as we hit our 30s. As to, I feel like for our parents and previous generations, there's a subset of, of, of those in that community that cared about it, but most of them didn't. Um, I'm not sure if it's because of, you know, life insurance is taboo for us to talk about death or even the thoughts of that and thinking of that can somehow transcend us dying or something. I'm not sure, uh, you know, where that comes from, but um, and then just the knowledge of what it means and different components of it. Um, we as people have been, we haven't really talked about it as a priority as we should have. So I'm glad you are having this conversation now because it's extremely important um, in that, like I said, if something were to happen to us, we shouldn't have to depend on a, a donation service to help provide for ourselves. We shouldn't have to have you know a, a deceased person out of the ground for three weeks trying to figure out how we're going to, or how the family is going to take care of burying the person. Um, if if a if an individual has a family or they have like I said assets like a home or something, they want that to be something that's important for the family, important for uh, whatever you have going on financially, going on in your life. Just making sure that those things are protected, so that when your time comes, hopefully for all of us far far in the future, we have a plan in place to take care of those things. Right. Okay. Because I mean. Of course, we don't want to think about that, and I don't know who came up with that myth that saying it is gonna make it happen. Like, it's, I mean, it's yeah, gonna yeah. happen, bro. I mean, it's a part right, of life, right. as weird as it is. But, um, like my dad always told me, like, since I'm young, go ahead and get as much as you can and like max that thing out. Does it? Does the like what? Why is it worse when you get older? Is is there more to it as you as you age when you try and sign up for life insurance? Gotcha. So. In a nutshell, life insurance, so of course, for your any traditional straightforward life insurance policy, um, in order to get, a, you have to get approved for the policy medically. So, so life insurance is based upon your age and your health. So the younger you are okay. and the healthier you are, the lower the rate is. Not to get too deep in the components of the approval process, but, you know, for us, so there's different health classifications. First, there are tobacco rates and non-tobacco rates. Um, and then to say if a person is, um, don't use tobacco or any smoking products, what have you, um, they're standard, preferred, and super preferred as far as the health. And the better that health classification, it actually lowers your monthly premium per month. And of course, that along with your age and other factors like that, it's, it's, um, it, it lowers the rate. So yeah, to answer your question, the younger you are, um, the lower the rate is. Just another quick example is, well, I'm sure we get to, into this a little bit later, but like, you know, the same policy that may cost 30 bucks a month for a kid may cost 200 bucks a month for an adult. Oh, for, no, not an adult, for like an older person. Oh. Um, and this is actually using examples for, for different clients that have on both ends of those spectrums. Um, so, yeah, definitely age is a big component when it comes to, to life insurance. Okay. All right. I'm wondering that. Lord, yeah. I never thought about getting it for a kid. I mean, I definitely don't yeah. want to think about that, but. I guess is that a common practice? I don't have little people, so uh, little people. I don't, have, I don't have the tiniest. I just taught them. But people... Right, right. Oh, well, I, I'm gonna answer that question. Um, the other part of your question was get as much coverage as you should get. Oh correct? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> no. so because if I don't say it now, I'll forget. Um, so as far as getting as much coverage as you can get, so um, when I meet with people to discuss life insurance, it's not just a matter of hey, you should have X amount of dollars. Um, if a person is like, so myself, I'm, I'm married, I have two kids, um, 
it's you know, a lot of financial financial responsibility just to help maintain our household comes from from my income I mean, from both my wife and myself but part of mine a huge part of mine also goes to help to provide for the household as well right. um so when i meet with the family to discuss life insurance um we do what's called needs analysis which is a fancy word of saying how much life insurance you need an actual number based upon your life and how it's set up right so um typically we look at four different things we look at um uh, final expenses, debt, college savings, and income replacement, right? Um, it, um, final expenses, of course, is funeral calls, cremation, whatever your choice is. Debt is any debt that could become a burden to uh, a loved one or a family member or something you want to pass down, such as your home. You know, we don't want to potentially lose your home because a person's deceased and the bills can't get paid. Um, the other one is college savings, which is which doesn't mean you're actively saving for college, but it means that if a policy is in place for if something were to happen, um, little kid A or little kid B can't see their parents physically when they cross the stage and get ready to go to college, but they know that the parent was still able to provide college for them based upon the policy that was built. And that's usually optional based upon if a person wanna do that or not. Um, the other thing is income replacement. So of course, with me, from you know, for my life, a huge part of my income is help used to maintain the household. So if Lord forbid something were to happen to me tomorrow, um, you know, we got final expenses paid, we got debt taken care of, we got college taken care of, but my family still they, they're still gonna be alive, they're still gonna live, life still will go on go on for them. So I like to calculate how much um life insurance is needed to help cover uh financial expenses up to a certain amount of years for that financial security. So Speaking with a person, with a family, we calculate how much life insurance you need. For a single individual, back to your point of um, get as much coverage as you can as early as possible. If you're single, you don't know what those expenses are going to be two, five, ten years from now. You know, um, I, I can I can tell you from work with a lot of families and doing a lot of needs analysis, the usual life insurance need for an average household, I will say, with average between about $1.5 and $2 million worth of coverage that a person needs. If, you, if you're looking at covering, also looking at covering financial security for your family up to your kids becoming, like graduating from high school, becoming adults and having that financial security in place. So if that's important to you, your need is probably going to end up being between about $1.5 and $2 million over the course of, you know, get the, get the policy in place. Um, so back to your point of getting as much as you can, because you don't know what the future has in store for you financially, Mm-hmm. It's better to my I always recommend, um, especially single client, uh, yeah, single clients with with no kids to maximize that coverage to be proactive right. for what the future may have in store for you. If that's something you want to prioritize in a life insurance yeah. policy. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Love yeah. the answer. The other part of your question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I'm so finagled. I like jumped. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. So the other question was. Um, kids policies you yeah. know and getting a life insurance for kids so of course you know i spoke about community it's awkward to sometimes talk about life insurance for ourselves because of the taboo and whatever else may be going on with that so of course it's even more taboo quote unquote to talk about life insurance for kids um so you know i always bring it up to clients especially you know, you know parents um, and it's usually always like, no, I don't want to talk about that. But we have the conversation um, because the information is important. Um, life insurance for kids is definitely important because at some point, hopefully far, far in the future, we all will will pass, right? Um, as us as 30-year-olds having this conversation for the first time and potentially getting life insurance in place for the first time, what would it mean for us to be proactive for our kids to have the life insurance in place with them as kids? 
And if you look at that whole life insurance, which we're getting to that, it's permanent coverage that builds cash value. And instead of starting that process at 30, you start that process at five. What will the accumulation of cash value, what will have a permanent coverage in place that's paid off for 20 years look like for a kid who, when they're 30, they can now have the conversation about whatever the next thing is that we as a people are looking as far as advancing financial security and, and wealth and that kind of stuff. So because of that, I definitely recommend having, um, being proactive and getting life insurance for kids um, to, to jumpstart the process so they can be in a different spot when they're in their 30s. Is there an age for that? Like, is there an age that you think they should start or do you think it should start at birth or? So legally speaking, um, if the youngest, and I, I think this is like a, a, a not a, a my company thing, but like a you know insurance board thing that the youngest of life insurance can get in place for a child is, is 15 days old. So if a child is mm -hmm. over 15 days old and they're healthy and you know not really much medical history, they're 15 day old. But um, you know if, if the if the infant is healthy, um, usually after 15 days you can get life insurance on an infant. Yeah. 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 Wow. So to that example, I, I recently did a, a policy. She, she actually is a little girl. She wasn't even an infant. She was um, like two and the policy. So the same, so back to my previous example, um, the same policy for her that she got in place for, I think it was like between 35 and 37 bucks a month, the exact same policy for a lady I wrote uh, life insurance on three years ago, she is 72 now. So she would have been about 69, 70 year, years old at the time. Our policy, I remember to this, to this day, it was 202.73 a month. Oh, wow. Uh, for the exact same policy for a, a 69, 70 year old versus a, a one and a half, two year old. So between about 30 or so dollars and like 200 bucks for the exact same policy. It was a $25,000 um, 20 pay whole life policy. So a whole life policy, a permanent whole life policy that's paid out for 20 years. Um, yeah. So uh -huh. get it as young as you can because the rates definitely increase over the course of time. That's a big jump. That's a big old jump. Yeah. My God. <laughs> like, I, yeah. like I see it come out of my check, but I don't pay it no mind. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm only paying like, you know, seven ish dollars a month for this $100,000 policy. That's great. I'm going to keep on rolling. Like, fantastic. <laughs> it's like a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no, I mean, it's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I'll just about to ramble. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, since Constance brought up like, um, like insurance through you, like your employer versus insurance, like you provide, which is through like a actual company. Do you, or can you say if, if there's like a difference between the two besides like, if I quit my job, I no longer have the coverage. That's a great question. I'm going to tell you that 99%. No. 89% of the push that I get for people not wanting to talk about life insurance is because they have life insurance through their job. Um, and most people I'm able to at least get them to agree to a conversation to hear more about the answer to the question you just asked. But sadly, there is a group of people who just say, I got life insurance through my job and they just shut everything down. Cool. I'll just contact you in a year or so and we'll see if your mind has changed since then. Um, but life insurance, so the overall majority of life insurance that people have through their job is, is a group term life insurance policy. Um, and that's life insurance that's in place that the employer um, 
provides to the employees and that coverage is only in place for the time in which the employee is with that company. So upon leaving that company, um, that coverage doesn't follow you. And if it does, it usually follows strictly as whole life. So the rate at that point can go from what Constance mentioned, paying seven, eight bucks a month to hundreds of bucks, hundreds of dollars a month um, if, you, if you convert it to whole life. Um, when, when people, so if your employer provides life insurance, I would say just keep it because you're only paying a couple of bucks a month and you're Lord forbid something happened in the short term. That's just additional coverage that can take care of whatever you have. But it's also very important to have life insurance outside of the job because you need, you know, you need coverage for yourself that doesn't matter where you are employed, doesn't matter what, you know, you're going on professionally, you always have that coverage in place that will follow you, you know, regardless of what your employer at that time may provide. And I think um, when I signed up for mine for my job, I think it's it's based on your salary. So they only right. pay so many times um, times your salary. Yeah, yeah. It's usually that's so a group term life insurance. Um, it's usually a multiplier of your salary. Yeah. Um, um, can, can we can we segue this into like the difference between term and whole life because it kind of is a perfect transition from, yeah, sure. from, from what we're talking about now. Okay, so you have. Um, you have group, or you have term and whole life insurance. On the term life insurance side, you have the group term, which is what your employer provides, right? So group term is the group of people having life insurance together that's provided by the employer. That's why it's called group term, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you, the, the, what's funny about this is, like I said, I have this conversation a lot, right? This is the section where I always slow down and like for each portion, make sure everyone's on the same page. Because I can easily just talk, talk, talk. You hear myself talk, and then like no one knows what in the world I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you along the way. This okay. makes sense to you, just to make sure like I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the right okay. course of this. Okay. That's good. I, <laughs> right. Listen, you need so, to check my understanding with me because I'll nod my head like I know what you're talking about, and I'd be so confused. Right. All right. So group term is through your job. Group group term is 99 percent of the time. If, if a person has life insurance through their job, it's group term okay. life insurance, which is temporary life insurance that the employer provides to his group, his or her group of employees. Wow. That's why it's so cheap because it's like a split cost type thing that's a group. Um, because, you know, for lack of better terms, healthier people, people who are able to work are those that are working. It's super duper rare for a group term policy to ever pay the life insurance policy just because it's, you know, you're working, usually you're healthy. So unless some tragic thing happens, most of the time those policies don't ever have to, you know, pay a death benefit um, to an employee because most employees don't die. Um, that's why it's so cheap, it's, just to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then, so you have traditional term life insurance. Um, not, so it's group term, then it's term life insurance. Term life insurance, and so I provide term life and whole life insurance, right? So, so term life insurance is, I'm going to explain it like this. Probably just want to, we probably talk about it this way too. So mm-hmm. I look at term life insurance as renting an apartment. I look at whole life insurance as owning a home. With that being said, I'm going to say that both are important. There are some people in the world that say only get term life insurance. There are some people in the world that say only get whole life insurance. I believe that both are important, and I will explain why. Okay. 
All right. So for so if a, so, <laughs> so there we go. So for term life insurance, um, if it's like an apartment, then it's 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 life insurance that's in place for a certain period of time, for a certain term, for a certain period of time. Yep. Right. Um, just like traditionally, especially in the South, most people are in an apartment for the period of time. Um, and they usually move on to a different apartment and get a home or what have you, right? Um, so because of that term life insurance is cheaper than whole life insurance, because the cost of having an apartment is cheaper than the total cost of owning a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Total cost. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly yeah, good? Keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then when the term life insurance expires, it served its purpose for the time in which it was in place. And once the term expires, then that coverage no, is no longer in place. So for an apartment, um, it's it's your home, it's your covering, it's your shelter for the time in which you have that apartment. And when you leave that apartment, you can't take the building with you because it's not yours. It's only it only served an awesome, amazing purpose. For a specific period of time. So, so that makes okay. So, like your yeah. term life okay. might be like with your job, and if you leave that job, it's staying there. Sort of. That's group that's term. Group, a group term. That's the group okay. term. Got it. But that's group term. But just so like with what I what I provide, which is you no know, term life insurance and whole life insurance. On the traditional term life insurance side, it's a policy that's in place for either twenty years or thirty years or that, that type of thing. It's in place for that period of time, and then upon the expiration of that period of time, it served a great purpose for that period. Okay. Okay. Cool. And it's cheap. Yeah. On the flip side, whole life insurance is permanent coverage. It's coverage that um, would never go away. It's, it's permanent whole life insurance, right? Because it's permanent, just like a home. On the flip side of the example. Um, whole life insurance is more expensive than term life insurance, right? Um, and, and also whole life insurance builds what's called cash value, which is what I mentioned earlier. Cash value is, in essence, money that builds within the whole life insurance policy, similar in a weird way, well, not weird way, similar kind of to equity in a home that builds, just to kind of rationalize it. And with the cash value, you can access that in the future via uh, almost like, how you can refinance your home to mm-hmm. um, gain equity? You can you can access the cash value in the whole life insurance policy the same way. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's term life insurance and whole life insurance. Um, that, that everyone on the yeah. same page with that. So can you yeah. borrow against the policy? Yes, for whole life insurance you can. So yeah. So like when you refinance your home uh, with the equity, um, basically you take out a loan to access that equity the same is true for cash value in the life in whole life insurance policy so you can access the cash value you have in the form of a low interest rate loan to you know for liquidity to do whatever is important for you at the time so yeah um then the other thing is um so i I talked about the the needs analysis which is final final expenses debt college savings and income replacement right Mm -hmm. okay so when we do that exercise, if you think about um, final expenses, right? So at some point, we all will pass. Constance said earlier, at some point, you know, it's, 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 we're all going to pass. Hopefully, it's far, far in the future, but it's going to happen at some point, right? So regardless of the time in which a person passed, that is a permanent need for life insurance. It's always going to be a need. So I always recommend the minimum getting permanent life insurance coverage in place to take care of the permanent need of final expenses. 
It's permanent. It's going to happen at some point in the future. If you think about debt, for instance, in theory, debt is only going to be in place for a certain period of time. Let's say if a person has a 30-year mortgage at their home, in theory, they don't refinance, nothing weird happens. After 30 years, the home is paid off. That debt is no longer uh, uh, debt. It's, it's paid off, right? Nice. So if, if you're looking at getting life insurance in place to cover the balance that you own your home, that's a temporary need because after X amount of years, that need isn't going to be in place anymore. So because of that, I recommend getting temporary coverage, term coverage to take care of debt at a minimum because at a certain point in time, you won't have that need anymore for, for life insurance because it'll be, taking, it'll be paid off. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to make this connection, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so I say that to say that both term and whole life insurance both are important because they serve great purposes for different things. I would have definitely gotten to this earlier, like separately from my job. Not saying I wouldn't have done it with my job, but you know, I guess insurance can be so weird and you just almost feel pressured to get it, especially when you turn 25 and they're like, you can't be on your parents' insurance anymore. Um, so you're like, oh, damn, I got yeah. to, I, I got to get on something, you know, cause I need, <laughs> I need the stuff. Right. So I didn't know what I was yeah. signing up for. It was just like, sign up for this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. How much is it going to take out my check? But this is the thing. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. That's why we have this conversation, you know, but no, but seriously though, um, I mean, like I said, like I said earlier, having to do your job, if your job provides it and it's a couple of bucks a month for the group term policy, of course, you know, get that because it's not hurting you. But then I also recommend also having additional coverage outside of that, just because, you know, uh, of all the things we discussed up to this point. So I know that you talked to me, what was that, like last month about transitioning, like my term insurance into whole? Oh, so, yeah. So that's also an option, correct? Hmm. Correct. Look at you asking these, yeah. these deep level questions. Okay. We want to know, and so do the people. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, what's the best way to approach this? Um, you're speaking of a conversion. Just mm-hmm. you know, and I explain what that is. So, um, once a life insurance policy is in place, right? So, um. Let me give a scenario to kind of make this make more sense. So let's say if we do the needs analysis, a person needs a million dollars worth of coverage and they have you know, the numbers for all these things, they need approximately a million dollars worth of coverage, right? Um, and we talked about they want to get some whole life in place, um, but because the whole life is more expensive, they can only afford at the time to get their need covered with the term life insurance policy. Okay. You follow me? Okay, so of course my belief is when it comes to a person's budget, it's more important to cover the need versus trying to, you know, get as much whole life as possible at the time. Because as Joanna spoke of, we have options in the future for that. So a million dollar policy of term coverage is in place now for this individual. A year or two later, I reach out or you'll get a letter in the mail, both will happen um, at some point. And um, it will present an opportunity to you to do what's called a conversion. A conversion is once a term life insurance policy is in place, you have a certain amount of years to convert or upgrade portions of that term life insurance policy into permanent whole life coverage. And when you do it in the form of, of a conversion, um, you don't have to go back through the medical underwriting process. 
it's automatically approved based upon the original health classification that you got approved for it. Okay. Right. So for the scenario, let's say if um, we got the policy in place 2022, 2025, um, no, let's say you got the policy in place 2022, right? 2024, unfortunately, this individual got diagnosed with cancer. And most times with any traditional life insurance policy, if a person has cancer or any major illnesses or ailments, they, they won't, probably won't get improved for life insurance or it'll be a crazy rate. Because, like most of the time, it's for, you, know, you, won't probably, you probably won't get approved for it. So with 2025, your budget allows for you to um, get some permanent whole life insurance. So me and this individual have, have a discussion and they want to convert $50,000 of their term to whole life insurance. So if they, want to, if they want to get whole life insurance just without having an existing policy, they probably get denied. But since they have a term in place, they can now upgrade a portion of that term life insurance policy to permanent coverage. And it's automatically approved with no medical underwriting because it's the conversion privilege that you have to do that. Ooh. So, so I asked Jerron about that. She said no. But <laughs> well, at least you got the term. Now you got me there. I'm going to have to reach out and find me somebody. Somebody outside my job. Yeah. Because now I done switched yeah. jobs. Yeah. So like you said, I left See? and See I told both my people, no, yeah. I don't need accident insurance anymore. I'm not going to be doing things. Mm. I don't feel like I need accident insurance. I mean, I, don't, I ain't going to be doing nothing mm. out of the ordinary, not being a teacher. I'm going to be sitting at a desk. Yeah. So. I think I'll be fine. But um, my other yeah. outside life insurance, I also canceled that policy. That's why I was like, dang, why'd you say that? Yeah. But it yeah, was yeah. a teacher's association. <laughs> I was like, I don't, they giving like discounts to teachers and I don't fall in that category no more. I ain't gonna get to go see the presentation every fall. So. Mm. Oh, Lord. Every you fall, he every comes fall? every time. I, I mean, he's our rep. Mm -hmm. We know what he's gonna say, but he always entices us. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And thing. we always, you know, get in a drawing for a free yeah. TV, a $25 gift card, and I won one time. So. Gave. That was fun. Ooh, right. Incentive. He's like, I'll sit through it. I might win something. He, he did all that. You canceled the policy still? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. It's, it's done. Like, it was a part of my two. It's like, I got to cancel these. But I mean, it, I mean, I, it came out of my check. So they wouldn't go get money from mm -hmm. me anyway. Um, cause it came directly out. I guess. So they were going to be like, you know, what's, what's going on? They were going to call me. So I just, you know, I cut out the middleman and went <laughs> ahead and called them. So now I need to go like to a real insurance agency, but a real insurance agency and get, I guess, term policy outside of my job. This man gave you a free TV. I didn't get, no, I didn't get the TV. <laughs> I got to turn about I'll get caught a Walmart. Somebody else got mm, TV. I never went to TV. That, well, listen, you got something. I was happy about that. <laughs> of course, I win it the year I quit. <laughs> but oh, I can't. <laughs> I didn't know that then. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is true. So, um, I wanted to also ask about getting coverage on others. So, I think I, okay. So, we've been talking about covering ourselves and, like, you know, little kids. But what about like our spouses or? Our parents or can anybody get a policy on anybody you know like in the movies we've seen or in lifetime right. we've seen people get policies on somebody kill them and get the money 
But in real life, this kind of taking an interesting God. twist. All right, <laughs> like snapped over here. <laughs> yes, the Lifetime movies. You not like wrong. that? Do you, yeah. do you really look at Lifetime movies, or you just speaking from like you know? From As a kid, I had no choice. Back when they were good, they're not good right. anymore. The wigs are awful. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um. So to answer your question, um, aside from the whole killing some of policy <laughs> stuff, it's, it's common to get life insurance on other people. Um, I speak to a lot of clients that want to get policies on, on their parents. Um, usually when they come to a spouse, uh, it, it's very possible, but normally I speak with like both spouses together and we kind of take care of it together. But so it happens more so with me dealing with individuals who want to get life insurance for their parents. Um, generally speaking, you, I can get life insurance on any person that's related to me or that I'm married to. So there has to be some type of, um, I think the term is um, insurable interest. So I just can't like say, hey, Constance, you know, you look kind of cool. We're just gonna get some life insurance on you. you know, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, that would be a little mm-hmm. yeah. Like yeah. murderous intent. Yeah, there's no insurable interest there. Yeah, so it has to be either a relative or um, mm-hmm. spouse. Um, but but even still to do that, uh, legally speaking, all parties still have to be right. present. So if if one of you want to get a life or get life insurance for your your parent, that parent still needs to be present. Um, and because of technology now, we can do it via like a Zoom or something. Um, too, but I need to make I need to have eye contact with all individuals involved in the life insurance policy um, to do that. And then it is, and how it will work is, um, so if Monique wanted to get life insurance on a parent. Monique can be the owner, Monique can be the beneficiary, and then a parent could be the named insured or the person that's being insured for the policy. People got kind of go about it different ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. They're all people just need to be present for to, to do the application. Okay, all right, that seems, yeah, that's that does. So some kind of relation, like yeah. either marriage or you, blood. Yeah. yeah, on the flip side of this, it's beneficiaries. The beneficiary, of course, is the individual when a person, like if I had life insurance myself, unfortunately I passed away, the beneficiary, in my case, would be my wife. And she will, of course, get the, the proceeds from the life insurance policy, right? So even on the beneficiary side, the beneficiary, when you do the application, has to be a relative or a spouse, right? right? Let's just say that Marvin, no, oh, that's too, too close to my name, Let's just say Tommy. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Let's say Tommy has a life insurance policy in place and has his wife as the beneficiary. So on the time of application is approved for his wife to be the beneficiary. But let's just say after the policy is approved, uh, what's the name I use? Tommy wants his side person to truly be the beneficiary. Oh, Once the policy is approved, you can do whatever you want to do. Well, my damn. <laughs> so- oh, wait. Now, I'm sure that no one, that every, all parties ain't got to be present when the beneficiaries are decided. You can just... Only the owner. Damn. The owner just, you know, oh. yeah. Dang, the- <laughs> hey, Tommy? Yeah. yeah, so Tommy can, can change the beneficiary to wow. his side piece once the policy is approved if you want That's to. Rough right there. I mean, this is true. Of course, it's committed as well, but it's, I mean, it definitely can happen if, if they want it to be that. But upon the application before it's approved, it has to be on both the beneficiary and the actual right the policy or somebody it has to be a spouse or a relative. And it can also, because I mean, I've experienced this. Um, 
but you can also do like a percentage as well, right, of each beneficiary that you put on the policy. Correct. Yeah. So the beneficiary um, for both the the primary beneficiary and the contingent beneficiary, which is at the backup mm -hmm. beneficiary, you can have one person or multiple people um, for, for each of those sections. So what's the limit of multiple people? I don't know. I haven't got tested that far yet. Oh. Most I've done. <laughs> the most I've done. Um, that's a good question. The most I've done. I mean, I wouldn't imagine there being a limit. I mean, I don't know. I just you know, the most I've probably done is like maybe three or four, and there wasn't no issue. You know, basically you just said you could do add next or add person or whatever. Um, so I haven't gotten to a point where I haven't. Um, but like most of the time, people split beneficiaries. Um, like if it's uh, a parent that has multiple kids and they want to split the funds evenly that way. Um, or let's say if they're doing a child policy and both parents want to have it split. Um, those were the only scenarios where people have split the benefit. Or let's say like if it's a single person. No, let's say it's, <laughs> I had a situation one time where a guy was, is, was, well, is married. He split his wife and his mom as the primary beneficiary. <laughs> I mean, I think I would have been okay if you just went ahead and did that. God damn it. I mean, one or the other, bro. How you going to split both? Okay. I mean, I, I'm sure I, could, I can understand, I guess. Maybe his this mom was no, by his no, own, no, owner, own or something. He did. No, she lived with <sighs> <him>. He did. Okay. <laughs> he did the needs analysis. He accounted for final expenses, debt. College, he had two kids, college savings and income replacement. So the life insurance policy he got in place was based upon covering all of those things for his family. Okay. Now, it's, but he was like, yeah, I want to add my mom to it. No, bro, like, this is in place to take care of your family if something were to happen. But he insisted. So, you know, his wife and his mom getting half of his, his life insurance policy if something were to happen to him. Well, they got, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's what he yeah. wanted. And, and the thing is, his mom was sitting in there with us so it was a very awkward conversation because the mom was there and of course the wife was there too. So I had my laptop. I didn't look up. <laughs> you did the right thing. I just, I just typed it and kept it moving. So let them figure that out once I left. Oh man. Oh, okay. This yeah. may be a silly question. But all right. So what you got? God forbid something happened to all your beneficiaries. Then what? Mm -hmm. Everybody gone. Like there's nobody to there's nobody benefiting. Like, what happened? Like, y'all all die in a car crash again. Okay. Right. I'm going to ask you a question and then give a potential possible solution to how to approach that okay. differently, okay. too. The answer to your question is that it, it goes into your estate, it goes to probate court, it becomes a whole Got fiasco, it. and whatever happens with yep. that, you know, you, you hear those stories all the time. So that's why it's actually important to have life insurance and have a will in place to help, you know, make all that make sense so they can avoid that type of thing for probate court. Um, but that's your question. So now I mentioned um, having a primary beneficiary and having the contingent, which is a backup mm -hmm. beneficiary. So let's say if, what's the scenario? Um, if, uh, let's say if, 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 if I'm getting a life, so a child, a parent is getting life insurance in place for a child, right? And what you may want to do, just not thinking about it, is make one parent the primary beneficiary and make the other parent the backup beneficiary. Just if something would happen to one parent, it goes to the other parent type thing, right? But your scenario is very real in, in that if there's a car accident, 
and it kills the whole family, then what's you know what's going to happen from there? So in that case, I actually recommend either one parent or both parents being the primary beneficiary, and then letting like a grandparent or a trusted family member or somebody be the backup beneficiary that may not be yeah. you know that lessen the chance of everyone getting right. taken out at one time type thing. Um, so that's usually I always recommend having a backup beneficiary that's somebody particularly outside the house and somebody who yeah outside the house where if a unfortunate scenario like that happens, there's at least the best of our ability of right. plan in place to still make sure those things are taken care of. I know it was of. morbid, but I just, you know, you can't, you can't That's real. predict everything, but I just yeah. yeah. The, the whole morbid thing is interesting because when I first started in insurance, like, life insurance was always, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to make people feel weird and stuff. I just realized, like, this stuff is very important. Oh, yeah. it's extremely important. And if I'm not forthcoming and at least bringing the conversation up, then it's going to lead. I mean, it's. I'm not. I'm actually hurting the cause versus helping us to where we can be proactive and have this in place and and being comfortable talking about it because it's not about just us. It's about the rep, the repercussions of our family and all that comes with that too. So, I mean, it may be morbid, but you know, it's yeah. real life. It it goes back to that definition of what you said. Life insurance is. Yeah. Yeah, that's real too because you know. How can I best say this? In our community, we've spoken of how this has been <laughs> how this has been a topic that has hasn't been in the forefront as much as it should, right? There are other communities where life insurance is it's it's just like, you know, it's a regular part of life. So you know that how you know how back to the movie example lifetime, how like you know, this person got this huge inheritance from their 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 rich uncle or, or not even rich uncle from their from their uncle or their long lost aunt type thing or whatever, right? And and because of this inheritance, they were able to do all these great things. Most of the time, it, historically, it's not from like some huge business or or some like crazy investment portfolio. It's the fact that the person had life insurance, and when they died, that life insurance policy became the inheritance for for the the descendants. Hmm. So if you think about like for other communities where that was valued, think about three or four generations ago, and life insurance was valued to a point where a, a, a descendant or beneficiary gained that um, life insurance policy, half a million dollars, million dollars, what have you, and what they did with that three generations ago. And we, as our community, you know, we're we're just getting to a point where it's, it's more of a proactive conversation in our 30s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 20s and 30s. So, of course, you know, that goes to a whole lot of different stuff in the world and, and systemic stuff and all of that, but life insurance definitely is a part of like I mean, it's a big part of that as well. Um, and because it, it's funny, not funny, but because talking about death and life insurance is more of a taboo in us, we're actually hurting ourselves from that jump starter in our community where others have embraced it and now, you know, it, it helped propel the family to a whole different spot. Yeah. Generations ago where we're, you know, catching up with that now yeah but thankfully so, we're having it thankfully it's on our radar right 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 because it could it could have been 10 more right. years i'm talking about it <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, I, I will say you know it, it is definitely um more of a proactive um people are a lot more proactive talking about it now than um than you know, I guess historically with our community about that. So that's a great thing. I mean, I think, you know, education and knowledge is powerful. 
and you know more people of our generation have more information how they're exposed to a whole, lot, a whole lot more good and bad um and life insurance is something to realize like, oh snap like it's uncomfortable but i need to have the conversation just because you know i know the information once you know something you cannot unknow it you know it's up to you how you move with the information but once you know it people are a lot more prone to to be proactive in that area it's, we're learning a lot of things with this generation that we're in now i feel like we're kind of taking the bull by the horn so to speak and actually trying to figure out where to steer it that would end up being a better outcome for us in the end right yeah what, what number? like the number of people that oh, come, the number yeah, of people come through getting these insurance costs cut you off uh, no, I was just looking at these questions to make sure I answered, I asked everything. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to ask is, because we talked about um, if it's too late. So you talked about this lady, she was in her, I guess, in her 60s, 70s. Yeah, she, she's 72 now. I spoke to her last week. She's still, she's, she's 72. Yeah, 72 now. So I'm nicest person in the world. <laughs> I'm assuming it's never too late to get a policy. <laughs> Um, no-ish. Um, so, I mean... <laughs> Is there a cutoff? Is there an age cap? I, I, I think... I, so, I will say, I'm, I'm sorry I forgot the exact number, but for term life insurance, with us, I'm not sure if it's across the board, with us, um, the, the oldest a person can be can get, to get term is 64. I think once a person turns 65, they cannot get term anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. and then I think it's like 80, 85 ish is the cutoff for us, at least in a way for getting whole life insurance in place. So there is technically a cutoff, but for all intents and purposes, 99% of the people down there, there's an opportunity to get life insurance in place. You know, if you're, if you're healthy, healthy mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. Okay. So should we follow up on our policies at any point in our lives? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. So yes, um, two different reasons. One, the conversion privilege, which is upgrading some of the terms to whole life insurance. That's mm -hmm. always an opportunity. Uh, yeah. So um, there, there's an opportunity for a number of years for that. The other part of it is, is life moves on, meaning that life like develops. So what you may have been considering for life insurance today, uh, you may get married, may have kids, may you know get more access, may buy a bigger home. Um, so usually people's life insurance needs increase for a number of years and the life insurance policy they have in place that protected them at one point may not be enough to protect them or their family in you no know, years in the future just because of how life develops. So um, it's good to stay on top of your policy at least every couple of years, you know, um, you know have it looked at so that um, we can assess if you have enough coverage, um, if you need maybe convert some of your term life insurance to whole life insurance um if it's especially it's kind of a little bit of a tangent but let's say um i work with a lot of clients that currently have life insurance outside of their jobs in place i like to review those policies not just so i can like you know tell them to get rid of it but just to make sure like if the purpose of why they have it in place that it covers the reasons why they have it in place or there there are a couple of i'm not gonna say the name but there's one company in particular 
that if they say, hey, I have a life insurance policy with this particular company, this particular company, I hate to say it, but like, probably should get rid of that policy <laughs> because uh-huh. I'm not going to say the name because I'm always more of a positive person and focus on the good. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to do it. Well, <laughs> but, I don't steer me clear. I don't want to go there. We'll do it after. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll we'll talk. But um, but it, there there's this one particular company that's prevalent in our community in particular where people don't know how it's set up, and there are other policies, other companies out there where people just don't know how these policies policies are set up, where they may think it's you know coverage that's going to be in place forever and the rate is going to stay the same. But if any every life insurance policy will give you, it's called a schedule page, but it's basically a forecast of what the policy will look like for coverage amount and for premium amount, payment amount in the coming years, right? There's one company in particular where every time I ask to look at their policy, show them the schedule page, have them see what the rates is going to do in the next 20, 30 years, 40 years, they have no clue. So if today they may be paying, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks a month, um, they don't know that and by the time they're 55, 60, 65, the rate is going to be like 400 bucks a month. They have no clue because when the policies were in place consistently, um, they weren't told that. They weren't aware of that. Um, if So for me, I, I lean more on the side of pros and cons of a policy. I'm, I'm going to tell you the policy and allow for you to make an informed decision. Um, but there's like I said, a particular company where – I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, that information isn't given to the client. And I hate to say it, like the vast majority of people who have one of their policies upon me just simply showing them, hey, do you know your policy is going to do this after a number of years? They tend to move on from that simply because they gave the information of something they just weren't aware of prior to. Um, so, but there are the other people policies I look at where it's a legit policy. Um, I, I worked with a couple recently where they, they, both, they both made really good money. They had like a $2 million policy each. Um, and they were both term policies. And I like, listen, I mean, I would love to have your business, but you got this policy in place a couple of years ago. We got, you know, great health classifications at the time. The rate is going to be the lowest it's going to be because you got it two years ago and the rate when your health is good. So it doesn't make sense for me to tell you to uh, get rid of that policy. But of course, if you want to have a conversation about getting additional additional coverage based upon your life, your your income, or get some whole life insurance to to balance that out, we can have that conversation. So yeah, I always recommend reviewing your policies, um, looking at your options, and making sure you are aware of what is in your policies so that you can make an informed decision to keep it or to maybe get something that's more stable for you. Okay. So do you increase your current policy or do you like get a new one? Right. So um, if it's the conversion of upgrade the term the whole life, then you just, it's like, you know, it happens within the policy. Mm-hmm. If it's, let's say if I have a million dollars worth of coverage and I, you know, life develops, however it develops, now I need $2 million worth of coverage. In that case, you would get just a, another policy, go back to the underwriting process, get, get approved for it. Um, but that's common. Um, as life develops, I mean, it's common for people to have multiple policies as as life develops. Um, it's just a matter of when it happens, either being proactive earlier in life to kind of be prepared for those future things, or just hope and pray that you're healthy in the time in which you need to increase the coverage so that you can get approved for it at a at a good health classification.
That was, I was absorbing <laughs> all of it. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's a lot, but my goal personally is just to make it as straightforward as possible. Um, yeah. Because what I found too is, especially in our community, is that the other piece of the taboo side of it is the educational side of it and just the knowledge side of it. And it can become so much that it's easy for a person to say, screw it, I'm just going to not do anything because I don't want, I don't want, even want to figure this out and I don't want to do the wrong thing, you know. Um, so for me, I just want to make sure I just kind of walk through it, make sure everyone's on the same page each step of the process um, so that when we get to the end point of it, a person is completely confident and comfortable in the decision that's made um, so they can you know, do what they want to do with the policy. It's been awesome. Yeah. That's great. Very, it was a good refresher for me because I know we talked yeah. about this a couple years ago. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Great learning experience. <laughs> I was just paying. I was like, yeah, sure. Take my money. I know I need life insurance. I don't know why, but I need it. So here, how much can I get? <laughs> yeah. My money. Take it out of my check, please. So I don't have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, once it's in place, though, you know, long as it's secure, legit, and all that good stuff, once it's in place, you don't have to think about it because it's, you know, it's taken care of for you. It just takes a little bit on the front end to make sure you're, you have everything together and figured out and have a solid plan in place. Um, but once the plan is in place, you know, it's take care of itself. So if anyone wants to contact you or and have questions about life insurance or maybe even start a policy with you, um, is there a way for them to contact you? Sure. Um, easiest way is to call me. My cell phone is my work phone, my personal phone. I have just my cell phone number. So um, my cell phone number is, I can say my cell number, I guess. You can get whatever information away. you want to give. So, I, I already signed my life away with the paperwork. So I'm not going to yeah, so, so my phone number is 803-360-5593. Um, feel free to call me there. Uh, if I don't pick up, leave a, leave, don't leave a voicemail. Text me. I, I see my text message just a lot quicker than I see my voicemail. Um, that's, that's the easiest way. Um, I'm on Facebook, just Maurice Phillips. Um, but you can go follow me there if you want. Um, but just call me, 803-360-5593. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to speak with any of you because of the world now um zoom meetings are i it, i will say i know you're trying to go but when, when the pandemic started um it was super weird being forced to do zoom for life insurance meetings um so i also do home and auto insurance and usually it's more you know oh, oh you can save your money cool do the paperwork keep it moving type of thing but life insurance as we know is a more intimate conversation yeah. mm -hmm. so i always had a conversation in person just because it just it just made sense like we had to really get a gauge for where people are and make it make sense for them too so but when COVID happened we were all forced to kind of change what was normal so it was super weird doing zoom meetings and this type of thing at first but now it's like it, it because everyone was forced to do it and this is the normal now the norm now then I usually ask, hey, you want to meet in person or do a Zoom meeting? And half the time people just say Zoom meeting. Yeah. So, you know, so point being, you can call me, 803-360-5593. We can set up a Zoom meeting if you want and, you know, have the, have the same conversation and see what makes the best sense for you. Very convenient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably. I think that yeah. yeah. is the thing. Probably reach, reach more clientele that way. Like ones who aren't necessarily. Or... 
I wouldn't say more, but I'm able to manage my time a lot better. Okay. Yeah. Because I can, I mean, y'all have to, like, uh, plan out an hour or two traveling this way and that way. This four hours round trip save on, you know, doing it from the office. You know, now that I think about it, when I was younger, like, I remember, like, the life insurance people that my family had, they would, like, come to the house and, like, talk to them about their policy. And I remember, <clears throat> right. Oh, what? That was just... <laughs> yeah. That's a little thing. I remember that. I remember but let me, let me that. tell you, though. Be- so before COVID happened, I was doing a lot of meetings. I realized early, I'm not going to people's homes. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I-, I learned that early. Um, be- for for mul- multiple reasons, just to be honest with you, um, well, uh, only time I really did was like a full family with young kids, and I just know they're trying to keep these kids together, so I do it then. But outside of that, the world is crazy. Mm-hmm. People are crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't got time for those scandals and drama stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time for any of that. So I just so like what I did. I I I, I was probably at Starbucks every day, like especially visiting Columbia. On uh, the Columbia metro area, area, I was, it was like, I, I, I asked the person, you want to meet? Great. What's the closest Starbucks to you? I'll meet, I'll meet you. Seriously. I believe it. You know, and like, I think, yeah. And then like, you know, if, if a person were to see me out with somebody in, you know, at a Starbucks with, with my laptop, you know, you can make your own uh, conclusions from that. <laughs> and then if you want to, if somebody want to start a schedule from there, my wife got my calendar. So, you know, I can have that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, yeah, I just, you know, safety yeah. first. Safety first in that situation. That's important. Well, that was, back, that was different back then. I was, like, in middle school or something. I don't know. I just yeah. remember that as a kid. I mean, there are still a lot of people who do that. And I, like I say, when it makes sense situationally, I'll still do it. But if I have a chance, we can kind of control the the parameters. We can get Starbucks or do Zoom. And, you know. I don't blame you. And I always use, like, I'll, I'll buy you a coffee. You know, we'll, I'll be cordial. I like that stuff. <laughs> Oh, that <laughs> is nice. nice. It's real nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Damn that. Oh, yeah. Trying to end up on somebody's 2020 special. I wouldn't either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you remember somebody coming in. Only people I remember visiting the house are Jehovah's Witnesses and Avon and Mary Kay Lady. Oh, Lord. Those are the people I remember coming to the house. You can edit out Jehovah's Witnesses if that sounds offensive. But I don't know the people I remember coming to the house. I didn't even know people with insurance came to the house. I didn't know they. Well, first of all, you know, I lived in the country. So. so... If anybody came to our house, we knew them because we're in the middle of nowhere. I recant my statement. The Jehovah's Witness people. I forgot about them. You used to, coming to the used house. to be so raggedy. Hey, I got a question though. Why in the world when people used to come to the house, you turn on the lights Because off? you were hiding. You didn't want to know. What do you mean? Like, I, I messed around one time and they rang the doorbell and I went to go get it. Mama said, get back in this room and get down on the floor. But, but think about it, if you turn the lights off and know you're home. I'm trying to make it make sense. I'm still trying to figure out why I got to sit in the middle of the floor with a thunderstorm. I don't understand that. Turn off all the lights and TVs. Oh. Still have no idea why that's a thing. My my mom used to make us unplug everything in the house when a storm. But I'm thinking, Mom, we see lightning. If I touch the cord, I'm done. Right. Like, so <laughs> it's too late. We missed it. Exactly. Also couldn't take a shower. Couldn't do anything. No. It didn't. Mm-mm. Then we had to sit in the hallway. Let me tell you, my mom was slick. <laughs> so during, <laughs> during the thunderstorm, she made us sit in the hallway, right? But then, <laughs> but then as we sit in the hallway, she made us drink prune oh. juice. Oh. 
What? Wait a minute. <laughs> So she said, well, since you're stuck in a hallway, you might as well, you got nothing, but you can't look at TV. You might as well just drink your prune juice now. Oh, that makes, so I used to hate it. it makes no sense. So how many bathrooms do you have? Because if all of y'all are drinking prune y'all finna, juice. Y'all finna be going. Y'all finna be in the bathroom. Listen, listen. All right. And that's why to this day, I love looking at stores because I cooked as a kid. Mm. Yeah. That sounds real sad. I put it that no, way. But no, back to the real. Juice, maybe, like. that, maybe that's all the problem. Like, ooh, it's raining. Let's get bed. Watch yeah, TV. We enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. So anything prunes, plums related, I can't do it now because yeah. Oh man, she scarred you for life. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. That's disgusting. At least you like, didn't you heat it up. They heat it up for me. If they really oh, wanted no, me to go, not. oh, they no. put that thing in the microwave for a little bit. Still mm-hmm. scarred that's, that's just from not. your story of heating up prune juice. Like it wasn't nasty enough cold or yes. temperature. That's disgusting. They just felt like it would run through me faster if it was warm. Like so for me when a when a um uh, a storm came, it wasn't the fact that I couldn't go outside and play. The fact that I know I got to drink prune juice. So Dang. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how we ended up here, but I, I, listen, that's how all of our podcasts go. Like every show, like how did we what were we talking about? Let us hear. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh. All right. Y'all ready to get into the wine of the week? Yes. The wine with wine? Yeah. yeah. All right, Constance, go ahead. Take us away, girl. Whining with wine. Tell me your grievances. Whining with wine, girl. What is on your mind? Tell me what's on your mind. Who's going first? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Who got something to say? Oh, uh, me. Let's talk about how I lost my AirPods at work. Okay, how I lost them at work, I don't know. AirPod. They disappeared somewhere between me leaving my job and me walking to my car. And I don't think they fell out with me walking to my car. I'm sorry, did you lose an individual or a whole case? Like, So you can't really lose the individual AirPod because you can use the Find My app to find an individual airpod so i i lost the whole case but i had one airpod in it but you can't use find my in with one airpod that's in the case Mm -hmm. because it's just gonna look for the airpod that you have out oh my god so i don't know where the case is i don't know where my other airpod is it's lost so i had to buy new airpods and i decided to go ahead and get the new ones the new new ones even though I really don't care for the new, new ones, but I know they have better noise canceling quality. So I just went with those, but having to drop $200 on some AirPods that you initially got as a gift. Oh. <laughs> it's hurtful. Yeah. It's so hurtful. I feel your pain. I hope I find mine and I bought those for $7. I won them in a raffle, but they had oh, to pay oh, wow. like the sales tax on it. And I had them this weekend, so I don't know where it is. And I lost my charger and the AirPods, so wherever they are, I'm sure it's like in a bag or something, and I tucked it away, but I'm going to need to find them. 
Damn. Yeah. But the good thing about the AirPods is once they're in that case, if that case have been, even if the case is on 50%, it'll stay charged for a long right. time. Like, it'll stay charged for weeks. So if you find them, hopefully they're still charged and you're ready to go. Well, speaking of losing things, I just want to like whine about this week, past week. When this episode airs, it will have been a few weeks ago. But when life hits you, don't don't cave in. Don't give up. Please, please, please go eat the cake. Eat a slice of cheesecake. <laughs> have a glass of wine. Oh, do whatever you got to do to make yourself have that immediate gratification of happiness because things get real, real. So all in one week, my damn AC unit got to be replaced. Found out I had a $700 uh, oil leak that has to be fix oh i'm trying to you know pay for a booking coach and other things that i want to enjoy maybe like a damn vacation so you know when life tries Mm. you the hardest put on your damn boxing gloves and get to work i mean you know so where's the oily on the rear end something in your car yeah Hold up, so you got your car back? What? My car, my truck was total. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm driving a car that my sister had because it's paid oh. for. Oh, right. Okay. We we lost that part. We never knew what, what I ended you up doing. Did. Okay, yeah. So my truck was total yeah. after the accident, and then I um have a, my sister's old car because she has a newer car now. And I was like, you know, I have had a car payment for five years. I really do want to just. Now I have a car payment. So I took the older car and now it's just an oil leak that needs to be fixed. So I'm not complaining like about having to do it. It's just the timing. Like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you know, getting the oil leak replaced will be cheaper than me getting a whole new car payment where I'm paying like $300 right. every month. It's just a one-time payment. Once it's fixed, I'm good. So no complaints there. Plus insurance is only $50. So that's a win-win situation for me. Girl, okay, because when I had my 2005, my insurance was $60. I didn't know it could be such a thing. At least you find in the silver lining in this situation in which life be life in, as you say. Right. I love that. Let me find that silver lining, girl. Yeah. Yeah, girl. But it could be worse, girl. You could be homeless. You could be carless. Exactly. So we're not... And you could be vacationless because I know you're gonna plan a vacation this year. It's just the beginning of the year. I know what's nothing else. You see this as incentive, like I, I got to go in the third. Yeah, <laughs> must. <laughs> it is essential, darling, that you take time for yourself. Yes, to recharge and come back. Yeah, because sure. I thought I was like, this has to be a joke, one thing after the other. But you know that happens to all of us. It's just mm, how you day. choose to handle and look at the situation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at least you didn't have to be like me and buy a car in a market where I ain't had no room to haggle or <laughs> do anything. Whatever the price was, I had to pay right. that because it was just a cheaper option. But luckily, my car is a hybrid, and with gas prices right now, girl, I can I get more miles to the gallon than everybody else. Because so, I think EJ had to put like seventy one dollars in his car the other what? day to fill up, girl. Park the car. Take the car. Burn the car. However you (laughs) It is high as hell. Yes. Mm -hmm. This don't make no sense. Yeah. It is. 
and like people with these SUVs and stuff. One of my um, co-workers, he has like a Suburban, like one of those old Suburbans, probably like a 99, 2000 Suburban. And he said that he put $100 in there. He stopped at $100, but it could keep going. <laughs> he didn't want to see the damage past $100. <laughs> Right, oh he said God. it still wasn't full. Right. He said he probably still could have put another twenty, thirty dollars in there. Like I put gas in my car the other day, and it only holds like fifteen, sixteen gallons, and I already had gas in that bitch, and it was fifty-two dollars. That was ridiculous. I was like, this don't make no sense. No, um, yeah. So that was. Um, that was I think my thing. wine is, is my wine is gonna be self inflicted because I'm try I don't need to whine about nothing right now. Honest <laughs> to God, I, I'm I'm gonna whine about myself and my procrastinating habits. Um, oh, I, <laughs> I mean I knew full well this was the week, and by the time this episode airs, I will have been in Florida for two weeks. Ooh, woo woo, yeah, woo woo. But girl. This packing process, you know, you just, you don't, it's like, oh, this ain't a lot of stuff <laughs> until yes. you start packing. Like, God damn, why did it take me so long to purge all these clothes? And I'm still not done. Like I'm trying to purge so many things and I wish I had taken little bits of time at night to do this throughout last week and maybe the week before, like in the beginning of March, when I finally found a place and decided on it, I should have started packing a little bit then like non-essential things yeah and i knew i should have and I, it was always in the back of my mind by the time i got done work i was tired <laughs> so i i got to I, I that's a definite goal for me going forward trying to be way more intentional about things i know i need to do even if i don't want to do them take them in small mm-hmm. increments and just dedicate some time to them because i'm trying to pack this house up by thursday and it's sunday and i got stuff in my room my, my clothes for the most part are done but now i gotta, I gotta root around and find something to wear every damn day <laughs> right and the, <laughs> and the mess up part is you can't just pack it all up and take it where you're going because even when you get there you still have to purge it so you might as well just do mm-hmm. the work now right so that sounds so good but i know me and i know i'm not going to and i have purged a ton of stuff and i still just i'm like i might just throw this shit away Cause it's mm-hmm. I'm just carrying this old shit that I've had forever. forever. Do you feel like you would accept a minimalistic lifestyle after this? No, but I was willing to. Be- <laughs> <laughs> but I am willing to back up and rebuild it, like for who I am now. Like yes, no, you know, especially my especially when it comes to my wardrobe. That's what I'm having the hardest time letting go of. And I, and I feel mm-hmm. silly because I'm like, bitch, you don't even wear half of this shit. You haven't touched half of these shirts in two years. Like, it's not a backup. You're not mm-hmm. going to wear it. It's too tight. After Rona, everything's too motherfucking tight. I threw away so many shirts, y'all. <laughs> and I, I, I still need to throw away shit. But I'm like, I got to have something to damn wear. Right. Otherwise, and I'm, like, I'm how wearing many? leggings every day. You had that conversation where I was like, I need to purge all of my mm-hmm. like, clothes, even from high school, that do not fit the personality that I have now and where I'm trying yes. to go. But I'm just like, okay, oh, what if this comes back in style? And then mm-hmm. I know I need I clothes like for around the house. But then I had to remind myself, oh, yes. how many clothes, how many pieces do you need to wear around the house? 
Come on now. You'd be amazed how many Girl. I have. Like, that's been the hardest thing to let go of because those feel so good. I'm like, I can't get rid of this. You know, I put yes. that on my naked body when I got out the shower and lotioned up at night. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of that. They done broke yeah. in. Child. And most of them raggedy as hell. Like, I got raggedy t shirts. <laughs> I have a South yes. Carolina State University night shirt that my mother has had forever. And mm. she blessed me with it. That shit feels so goddamn good. It feels so good. I won't get rid of it. Can't. It's almost like a staple in my house. Right. And then I'm like, I'd be damned if I go back to Goodwill and rebuy something that I had that I took there. You know what I mean? Right. But Goodwill finna get some good shit for me. I remember saying, I need to figure out if they'll take glass mm-hmm. frame, glasses frames. Because I need to get rid of them too. Like glasses frames? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, you know, like with Zenny, I'm not, I can't take that to like lens crafters or whatever. I might just, by the time I take it to lens crafters and ask them to put lenses in the damn thing, I might as well just buy it over from Zenny. I would Google that because I don't know if anybody could even do anything with them. They maybe try it on to see if their well, prescription they, fit. They used to have like a donation place, like Lion right. something. Mm. They used to have those boxes. I don't know where you can find them now or if, even if they're still doing it, but they did have those. I thought that was a thing. People donating glasses it frames. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where to take them. Anyway, that's my wine. Me being a procrastinator. I need to do better. I'm better with it with work things. I just got to get better with life things. So I need to get my shit together. <laughs> I'm sick of me. The thing sick about... of my shit. <laughs> or my not doing <laughs> is. <laughs> when you move, you don't think you have a lot of stuff. But once you start opening those closets, girl, and that extra storage space, you feel like, oh, no, ah, I got this too. Like, that's, that's what My it is. mama handled my kitchen by herself. I'm telling you, it took her all day and we still ain't finished. Like I still got to get something to separate my plate so they don't break on the way there. Mm-hmm. I got so much shit. Like, I, don't, I mean, I know y'all know personally, but I got so many cups. <laughs> I think I remember you complaining <laughs> about that before. You'd be like, this one is from this time we went on vacation and this oh, one is from this wedding somebody... and this one is from. <laughs> Girl, I, I have no business with the amount of cups that I keep. That no one gives a good goddamn about but me because I'm sentimental that way. And I really think somebody gives a shit, but they don't. So um. I need to downsize with my cups. But I'm a cup lover and I collect mm-hmm. mugs like a motherfucker. Like if I collect anything, I collect Ooh. a good mug, mm, a good tumbler. My God. Mm. Woo, my auntie just made me one. It's so pretty. I'm going to show y'all later. You got to remind me though. Because I'm knee deep in this wine. We got to drink another. Javonna, what do you collect? Um, shot glasses. Those two. Um, I also collect things that I think of sentimental value. I am a, a mini hoarder. I do have like shirts from uh, when I lived in South Tower my freshman year. Do you really? What? I, I still had shirts. I still have that. They had shirts. <laughs> they, y'all didn't get shirts every year you lived in the dorm. Um, hell like, no. The dorm Patterson was disgust. It was called the Pussy Pals. No, they weren't advertising Patterson. <laughs> but they still had shirts. I had my South Tower shirt. I had my East Quad shirt. My West East Quad, Quad didn't shirt. didn't give me shit. I had all the quads. No, East Quad didn't um. do nothing for me, but introduced me to what weed smell like. <laughs> and RMs oh that didn't give gosh. a shit because all the good football players were on that hall. So I don't know mm. what you mean, ma'am. I ain't got no shirt. I wish I did. I, I got a, I got a shirt every year from every dorm I ever. No, my boots have lived off campus three out of the four years, so it wasn't no damn shirt. Oh, fancy. fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, three out of my five. Well, yeah. 
what else? I just collect shit. Hair products. Like, I will collect some hair products. Mm. Use them and forget I use them. Or if they have a sale on my favorite hair product, I'll be buying them in bulk. And I'll be like, oh, I need to buy some more of this. And I got some in the doggone closet. Right. I'll be thankful for that. <laughs> um, because there'll be some days I'll be at my last little corner. I'm like, Jesus, please let me have some mm-hmm. more. And they go, woo! Good, because I sure ain't got the money to get nothing else. You know, I was going to have to struggle. <laughs> and try and work some miracles on this head here. Right. EJ be like, can you add shampoo to the list? I was like, oh, we should have some up in there. Check the closet. Check it. <laughs> we may not have the brand that you're but looking we for, but there's some shampoo. You're going to have to hold tight for a minute. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't have a collectible. I think I w- was interested at one point of collecting um, tea kettles, but <gasps> that been I was so like, cool. yeah. They come, I have I a little cast iron one. It's so cute. So oh. I got to allow myself to get back into that, you know, if that's going to be something that I enjoy. Yeah. I guess collection mm-hmm. it can be a fun thing. I mm-hmm. didn't start collecting my grant. Well, I can't even really call it my collection because my grandma used to give me a music box every year for Christmas. And so I couldn't wait oh. to see what she's going to give me. And then when I got old, she quit giving them to me. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> no music box? Like, Bro, I needed a music box. Now they're in an attic somewhere because I, I don't have room to display them anymore. But, but oh, yeah. But tea kettles. That's awesome. <sighs> yeah. For real. Okay. Well, that's it for the show. All right, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed Maurice. I hope you guys enjoy our wine with wine and our review on that Melbeck. That I won't be buying again. <laughs> if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to critique, anything, anything, anything you want to say, <laughs> you can send um, those to unestablishedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram, unestablishedpodcast. We have a Facebook you can like. An established podcast. Mo, are you over there taking Oh, yeah, yes. Keep talking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> lip chap. Damn. <laughs> you can't really see the video. I'm going to do like a boomerang. Keep going. Um, you know, hit us up. Slot up in our DMs. You know, they're open. I ain't really been getting nothing good in my DMs. I did have Larry hit me up asking me to be a sugar baby. You always get the sugar baby DMs, you bitch. Nobody want me to be that sugar baby. <laughs> well, it's too late now. Yeah. I'm already you taking off spell, the market. So. I can't be nobody's I can't be nobody's sugar baby. But you know, if y'all want to donate, make some donations to unestablished podcasts, you know, you can hit me up for that. But other than that, if you guys don't have anything else to add, Mo can go ahead and take us out. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, cool. Thank you. In this. Cut it off. Cut it off. Thank you for joining us this week on Unestablished. Be sure to catch us every week. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on all podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, peace and love.